Hey, hey everyone, welcome to another specific episode. I'm planning on doing more of these, and today we have a slightly different topic. It's pretty much gaming, it revolves around gaming. Now, if you've been following the Need for Speed series as of the last few years, Payback, 2015, Rivals, so on and so forth, you'll probably know that the community, as of, let's say, Most Wanted 2012, was not happy with the direction Need for Speed was taking. Everyone and their grandmother were saying, we need customization back, we need Need for Speed Underground 3. I wasn't one of those people because I didn't care about the Need for Speed series that much, and I never really played Underground 1 or 2 properly. So, I never really had that emotional connection that most other people did with Need for Speed proper. But it's been, let's say, a long time coming that Need for Speed should have finally been getting back to their roots. And they started, you know, they tried to do so with 2015, and I didn't get 2015. For a variety of reasons, but ultimately, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think um, it didn't interest me enough. Then a few years passed, and we get Payback. That game was, I think it was meh, personally, for a variety of reasons. And now we have Need for Speed Heat, and that's really what this episode is about. And I was, I have to say, when I first saw the trailer for Need for Speed Heat, and the first few seconds of gameplay, I was not impressed. I was like, oh, oh, this is a reskinned Payback. This is absolutely a reskin payback, and I believe so to such an extent that I was actually going to make an article on Drive Tribe about how Need for Speed Heat just looks like a reskin payback. Suffice to say, I was not impressed with Need for Speed Heat. However, I've seen a few videos, I've been watching some YouTube videos, obviously gameplay, not walkthrough, uh, playthrough, some story, this and that, and I'm here to tell you, I was wrong. I was so very wrong in believing that this was a reskin payback. While I do I do think there are some mechanics here and there that are the same, pretty much the camera angle being, I think, exactly the same as payback, the overall game, including the story, because Heat does have a story, is vastly improved over paybacks. And I, you know, I have a script here. Well, really just some talking points, and I, unfortunately, I think I'm going to be jumping around here a little bit. But let's, let's jump to the story. Need for Speed 2015 story was actually pretty okay. I didn't hate it. You know, most people didn't like the... Most people were confused about or confused with the mix of having actual actors and then having the 3D game world. I didn't really understand that criticism because that's exactly what happened in Most Wanted 2005 and Carbon. I would say not, not Pro Street, but again, those two games had that. So to me, that was kind of a unjustified criticism because you you should really wager those criticisms at previous Need for Speed games as well. Getting back to the story, I, I really didn't hate the story. The characters were okay. The setting was interesting. I I liked it. And then the story got stupid about halfway through when there was a bunch of a bunch of drama that happened. And I think if I remember correctly, well, because I don't really remember what event specifically started making people go a bit aggro like, oh, pointing fingers and blah, blah, and a bunch of really really bad miscommunication but it, there was a turning point in the story where it felt like the friendships of the main protagonists of the game started deteriorating and i personally didn't understand it. i didn't like that because it just it, it seemed like it could have been solved if people just communicated properly and not and not even like oh it's justified with us being angry which it might have been but really genuinely bad writing for just, you know, conflict for no reason whatsoever. No good reason whatsoever, I should say. 
And so then at that point, I, I stopped. I don't even know what the end of the story was. I, I really should go back. I, want, I do want to know. I don't want to go through all that pointless drama again, but I do want to know what the end of what the end of the story of 2015 was. But yeah, so the initial part of the story was actually pretty good. The characters were fairly likable. The dialogue wasn't it wasn't payback. And le- and that, and this is the perfect time to transition into payback. Payback had a more had more traditional characters. They were, you know, 3D models. They weren't real actors that were green screened into the world. That that wasn't what happened. Payback fell down for two reasons. One, the story was really quite forget- forgettable. And two, the dialogue of the characters was trash. It was absolutely abysmal. You could you could probably make a an 8-minute video and it's just a reel of all the bad lines in Payback. They're they're so some of them are uncreative, some of them are really just cringy, and, and the other ones just fall flat. They're, they're not that interesting. The characters, once again, really not that interesting and cringy in their own right, dialogue and otherwise. And, and let me say this, it's not that a racing game can't have a story. Of course you can have a racing game with a story. And Driver San Francisco, I think, is the best example of this, even though it's not strictly a racing game. It was a driving game, and you could swap in between cars... And it had an actually compelling story. I watched an entire walkthrough, and I think it was like 50 parts, just so I could get more of the story. Because it was that good. It was that interesting. Driver San Francisco, in my mind, is probably the best, let's say, open world driving game as far as story goes. Forza Horizon 1, not really that cringy, but it it's pretty forgettable. It's... There's nothing much to it. It's not that interesting. The game itself is a lot better. The story is just... It's almost like filler content. I honestly believe you could... You could have... And it's not really a story. More like a few events with a bit of dialogue here and there. It's not. It doesn't really have a proper story. But Driver San Francisco definitely has the best story I've ever seen in a driving game ever. I will have to compare that with The Crew, the first one. Because I don't remember... I, I know that game had a story of, of sorts... I never really got that far into it past the first episode, actually, so that's that's really unfortunate. I'll have to see if there's any cutscenes for that, so I don't have to sift through a bunch of gameplay. But yeah, so I'm not ex- I'm not saying that Need for Speed should have a Driver San Francisco style story, although that would be awesome. But Paybacks was genuinely lackluster. So that was bad. Most Wanted, 05, and Carbon had a better story than Payback, and the dialogue was not was nowhere near as cringy. Heat, thankfully rectifies that the characters are fairly interesting in the story i think is relatively cliche but fairly well executed so it gets a pass for me but yeah it's so much better than 2015 i think post drama and it's worlds better than payback i'm telling you the story in heat isn't trash it's not bad if if i were to put on a scale i'd say need for speed most wanted 2005 is the first as far as story then carbon then, and keep in mind, I never watched any playthroughs of the run, so, and I know that has a story. Yeah, let's just say it. Heat is definitely up there. It is definitely up there. It's better than 2015, and it's much better than Payback. Is it as good as Most Wanted 05 and Carbon? I don't really think that it is, but then again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Moving on, let's talk about the gameplay. So, from the gameplay I've watched, 
the handling physics seem pretty solid. There's still Need for Speed arcade which is, I suppose, that's, that's to be expected. But the drifting physics are supposedly better, and they, they swapped it from brake to drift to basically throttle to drift. And basically, if you have to, if you have to make a corner, you lift off, off the trigger, and then you tap it again. I think you have to do that relatively quickly, and then that kicks the rear end out. And supposedly, that's better than brake to drift, but if you have a grip car, which is apparently now actually a good drift car, uh, uh, grip car, you might end up kicking the tail out by accident. So a lot of the YouTubers I watched just put it back to break to drift because that was easier for them. What I could observe, the physics don't look as certainly as janky as 2015 or Payback. So obviously that is very, very nice indeed. Not that I was ever really a fan of Neighbor Speed drifting physics because to me the, the break to drift thing was, the way it handled was really weird. Because it's almost like the car is in a four-wheel drive slide but, but on rails, it's really strange. It's not, Need for Speed's drifting physics to me were never that organic. They're very, they're very on rail. It feels like the cars are on rails, but poorly made rails. So it's very, it's twitchy and it's not very smooth. It's, it's really tricky. I never really liked the drifting physics, but heat is supposedly better and I do hope that it is. Alrighty, next, the map, the map in Need for Speed Heat. Pretty big. And, you know, when I first saw it, I thought I was going to be disappointed. I really thought I was going to be disappointed. And I think for two seconds, I kind of was. Because I was like, oh, kind of a Forza Horizon 4 looking map. So very kind of circular in orientation rather than, say, Forza Horizon 2, which is a rectangular looking map. It's, it's much wider than it is tall. Not true for Heat. Heat is fairly tall and fairly wide. The world itself... I've seen, unfortunately for me, I've only seen mostly city driving right now, but from the smaller clips that I've seen that weren't city driving, this does look to be a really nice, really varied map. And another thing that Need for Speed Heat has going for it, unless and this is going to be aimed at the city, is the reflections and the lights are awesome. And I say that because I was on Forza Horizon 4 with some friends a little bit ago, and one of them was complaining that in Forza Horizon 3, the reflections on the cars, especially in Surfer's Paradise, the city, is they're awesome. You can see all the lights, you can see the buildings, there's reflections in the mirrors. The cars don't look as flat. A bit, perhaps a bit cartoony, but nowhere near as flat as they do in Horizon 4. I definitely agree with that. And Need for Speed Heat definitely has an edge over Horizon 4 in that area. The reflections, the lights, they're very vibrant, the reflections are good. In fact, really good. And that's nice because it'll make for some really interesting photos. So that's definitely where that's definitely an area where Heat did their graphics better than Horizon 4, I would say. The city itself, also I think better because if there's one thing that that does bug me pretty often about the Horizon franchise is that when they make their cities, they tend to just make one and that's it. So take Horizon 1 never really had a city. It really just had a shopping district on the north, northwest side of the map. Okay, and that was about it. Horizon 2, now Horizon 2 actually did it right because you had Nice down on the south side. It had a proper city. And then in the north, in the northwest, you had Cicerone, a, a Horizon 4, like Edinburgh looking city. Not, not very big, more like a town, but still nice. Horizon 3, on the other hand, though, really only have well the only proper city is surfer's paradise and then you have i can't remember the other i can't remember the name of the other it's another surfer's town and it's and it's a town actually it's a town and it has a few shopping centers sort of like a suburb and that's all that's all well and good i wouldn't expect 
I suppose I wouldn't expect Australia to have more than one city per, per let's say, region. But with Horizon 4, all they have is Edinburgh. And, and, and it seems like they took the more northern part of Britain for uh, as inspiration for their map. But, like I said, what bugs me is, and I kind of understand why the reflections in Horizon 4 maybe aren't as good as they could be in the cities. Because Edinburgh doesn't have a lot of the modern city lighting. Especially in the game. It really doesn't. But I don't understand why they couldn't have had London somewhere. That's probably the the part that annoys me the most, is why why they couldn't have had London somewhere on the map. And I and perhaps you could say, well, it's not big enough, because London you know, London itself would be a, would be its own map, one way or another, which I which I tend to agree with. I think that's where Need for Speed Heat has an advantage on Horizon 4 there, or another area where it has an advantage, is it has a normal city. Now it doesn't have, you know, old British architecture obviously not because it's heat i think is based in florida actually because i think there's an area that it's either properly miami or it's some spoof off of miami so again they're not going to have you know british or european architecture or anything like that however you do have a proper city and then suburbs and i think they have an oil rig somewhere does they have an airport i think i think yeah they have an airport so there's a lot of areas to go for different kinds of lighting whereas horizon 4 is Basically, if you want Horizon 3 style lighting, you have to be in the festival. You have to be in the festival. Anyway, enough ranting about that. Let's talk about the sounds in the game. Now, I don't think... Need for Speed's always been pretty good about their sounds. Unlike Horizon 4 as of late, or Gran Turismo, which I always thought was the worst offender for sounds. Up until Gran Turismo Sport, actually. Need for Speed has always been pretty darn good about their sounds, and Heat is no different. While I don't believe all of them are perfectly accurate... They don't sound bad, <laughs> Viper in Horizon 4. In fact, all of them except for the Formula Drift Viper, which is the only one that actually sounds like a Viper. And if you couldn't tell, I'm still mad about that, but... Anyway. Yeah, the sounds are pretty good, and they, they added a, a sound slider. that, And I think that was a thing in previous games, but now it actually does something, so yay. But I, I love the idea of a sound slider to tune it, because that that's like getting an exhaust in real life, and then it changes... I, I don't want to say the pitch, but sort of like the tone and the aggression. Uh, of your car and now you can you can tune that to your heart's desire more or less in need for speed heat which is fantastic which i completely plan on doing once i get my viper in need for speed heat you know i plan on doing that probably for a bit too long in need for speed heat but I, i'm very excited for that however it's not all good news because heat suffers from the same problem that the last two i think is go is go still developing the games Let's assume that they are. Heat still suffers from the same problems as the previous two Ghost-made Need for Speed titles. And that is a rather lacking car list. Especially if you're an American car enthusiast. And even more so if you're a Mopar enthusiast. Chevrolet has a, a decent selection of cars. Ford has a fairly good selection of cars. All of the Mopar brands though, which there aren't all of the Mopar brands, pretty much have nothing. Dodge only has three drivable cars. The 2014 Challenger SRT, the, what was it? The 1969 Dodge Charger, and the 2014, technically SRT, but they're calling it the 2014 Dodge Viper SRT. That's it. No, no Challenger Hellcat. No Charger Hellcat. No Durango SRT, and I bring that up because Chevrolet has the Colorado in this game for some ungodly reason. No, no nothing really. They don't even have a Challenger wide, a Challenger RT Scat Pack wide body or a Hellcat wide body or anything like that. 
Alpha only has the Julia. A good choice, but only the Julia. Plymouth only has the E-Body Barracuda. And yes, if you want to get an E-Body Mopar, your only choice is the Barracuda. Not a bad op not a bad ch not a bad vehicle, not a bad choice if you're going to go with an E-Body. No, but it is the only one. The uh, I don't even think they have anything in the game at all. There's and there's no Chrysler and there's certainly no Jeep, which is puzzling considering we have a Chevrolet Colorado for some ungodly reason. Now I understand that I think Ghost still has a fairly small development team. So they perhaps can't afford to do, you know, pull a Forza and then go out and spend a bunch of hours just absolutely throwing in a bunch of cars. But they don't even have the Viper ACR in there. Or Gen 4 Viper, which has a lot of aftermarket for it. Or Gen 2 Viper, which has a actually a sizable amount of, of aftermarket, especially if you go with Auto 4. Charger, LX, old or new, tons of aftermarket. Challenger, tons of aftermarket. Of course... None of the American brands, except for maybe Ford with their Mustangs, are going to be able to compete with the JDM cars. Okay, that's not really a surprise. But I would expect a bit more customization for the American cars we do have. So, that's another thing. The customization for the American cars is really kind of eh. So, there are some exceptions, though, mostly on the Mustang side. But yeah, so, he does still suffer from the same problems as far as carless and customization goes as the last two games. Which is... A big shame, but hopefully if he, Need for Speed Heat does well, that'll pave the way for future Need for Speed games, so we'll get more cars, better customization, so on and so forth, because as a, as a lot of people in the community have been saying, Need for Speed has kind of been struggling as of late, and if they don't do well, we might not have a Need for Speed for a while. So, while it sucks that we don't get as much customization, although still more than Forza, we gotta take what we can get. So what are my overall thoughts here? Well, like I said at the beginning, I, I didn't, I was tempted to get Need for Speed 2015, Ultimately, I didn't. I was not tempted to get payback. I didn't care about it enough. But Heat, I am actually planning on getting. Heat is the game, is the Need for Speed game that I do want to get. After a long time of not having a Need for Speed game since Rivals. And I don't even have that anymore because that was on the 360s. So now since Most Wanted 2012, Heat is the first modern Need for Speed game I actually want and I'm actually planning on getting. So that if that tells you anything, I'm really good. If it doesn't, I think Heat is actually the first properly good, genuine, you know, really, really enjoyable Need for Speed game we've had in a while, in all facets, rather than just a few things here or there. Maybe except for 2015, but 2015 had a lot of glitches, had a lot of glitches, not a really big car list, they had that manual, it, it was a work in progress. Sort of like a finished beta, which I know doesn't make any sense, but that's, in my mind, that's really what it was. Heat, on the other hand, again, not perfect, but I think it's arguably the most complete Need for Speed game we've had uh, the most complete ghost ghost developed Need for Speed game we've had in a long time. So I'm looking forward to it. But what are your thoughts? Do you have the game? Have you been enjoying it? What do you think of the story, the car list? I'm gonna know. Tell me down below. Tell me wherever you can. Really. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Don't don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. And if you do subscribe, hit the notification bell. That way you're notified every time I upload. Anyway, I will see you all soon.